Hi, and welcome to the Unrealistic Box, where we have realistic discussions about unrealistic dreams. I am your host, Kimberly Allen, and today in studio with us, I have Mr. Hugh Henry. Good afternoon, Hugh. Good afternoon, Kim. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I am well, thank you for coming. I'm very excited and I know people out there in Audioland is excited to hear what you have to share with us today. Okay, so first I'm going to ask you to tell me something about you that nobody knows. Oh, something that nobody knows? Yes. Well, for the most part, since COVID, I've taken at least eight trips overseas when most of the place was locked down. Okay, so was this work or personal? Some of it was work, mm. but mostly personal. Okay, okay. So what do you do for work? Uh, for work, I'm a software engineer, web designer, and I also do my own business part-time photography. Okay, so let's just talk about the, the software engineer. All right, so how did you get into that? Well, I went to school for it. Uh, went to the University of Technology and I graduated with a double honors uh, business as uh, business management and computing degree. And that's when I transitioned to software development um, with the government of Jamaica at the time. I work for a different government right now, but yeah. I still am in the field. Uh, it's, it's very interesting to be able to create things that people use and to see how it makes their work easier. Okay, so if somebody would like to venture into the field of software engineering, what qualifications do they um, need? Well, if you're going to go to the traditional routes and mm. get a degree from any one of the universities for computer science, you need math, you need physics, you need computer science itself. But I've realized they will give an exception to that if you have great math grades or great physics yeah. grade. Outside of that, some numerical subject apart from that, so like accounts would help you or even or even um, any other thing that's related to any of those type, some office procedures, some sort of business acumen. I had principles of business at the time, right. along with IT and math, and um, that was what got me in it. But, so they do allow other numerical subjects now. Yeah. The point is, you have to love solving problems. You have to love love it because programming can can take a lot of your time. Yes, and you have to be very disciplined. To I find programming it. interesting. Yeah, I do like that. I do like the concept behind it. Do you say that it's a passion for you? Because you said you had to. Did you say that? Not really. My passion. It's what pays the bills. Mm. My passion is in photography, and that's why I went for a part time in that regard because I realized that. Uh, programming will get you a good job, right. but I like dealing with people. Mm. With programming, yeah, you're gonna surround yourself with computers and stare at screens every day. Oh, why did, so why did you go that route? When I was younger, I wanted to be an architect. Oh, and at the time when I applied to uh, University of Technology, they said I was too young and I should go find a job and come back in about two years. So I actually got rejected in my first application to college for architecture and I was 16 at the time I graduated high school from sixth form and they said oh well you're too young come back <laughs> in two years I went to all we can do and I started working and I never went back okay. not for that reason alright so your passion is in photography mm -hmm. what got you into photography well from I know myself from I was small and that's a part of the reason why I was leaning toward architecture mm -hmm. I've always liked to create and to present something that catches people's attention. Right. And I noticed that with architecture, you get to do it for centuries because those buildings that you build, yeah. they impact the landscape well past sometimes your own life. And I like that. I like the concept that you can be like, yeah, walk into a city and know that, yeah, I build that. But when I realized that with the, with the initial curveball thrown at me, I had to kind of like segue into something else. I realized what I really had was an eye, an eye for detail, an yeah. eye for creative expression in that way. So I, from then, from I was little, people would ask me to capture events that was happening, like family get-togethers and parties and things along that line. And they would always come in. I remember about 10 years ago, my brother was getting married 
and he gave me his phone because you know he's the groom. <laughs> so he gave me his phone and he just said, "Bro, can you just take some pictures mm. throughout the day for me?" Yeah. And I gave him back his pictures at the end of it. When I, when he got a professional shots, he was like, "Well, my brother did much better than you. He, he had a real conflict there because he was just saying he was." saying he wasted this money paying this man all this money and I outdid him. So I didn't really think about it then, but it helped me to kind of be like, maybe there's something here that I can build on. And I realized from the family events to the friends asking me to shoot events that that there was something there. I got a lot of feedback and positive feedback kind of pushed me in that direction to make a business out of it. I must say your pictures are absolutely phenomenal. Wow. I feel like if it's just, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so nice. Thanks. I feel like, I'm like yes, Hugh. <laughs> yes, come through. <laughs> no, they are really nice. And um, have you posted them on social media? I have a few images on social mm-hmm. media. Honestly, I need to pay more attention to that. Yes. I, I have a website, so I mainly use the website and then social media is a secondary place. But I do need to pay attention to that, Kim. I've been promising myself to market myself more, but a lot of business comes to me um, just by word of mouth. And um, so I find that I haven't been pushed to put in the marketing effort on social media yet, but but I will. You will. Okay, so if you're on Instagram, you said, please um, let those people know your username so they can go and follow you on Instagram and see these beautiful pictures. Okay, well, my username personally on Instagram is Huey876 at H-U-G-H-I-E-876. The business is photography by Huey. And that is photography by H-U-G-H-I-E. And that's the at handle on Instagram as well. And the website is www.photographybyhuey.com. Okay. Alright. So photography is your thing. And I really I really like that you're passionate about talking about it. So that is very good. So how hard is change how hard is it for you to embrace and accept change in for whatever me, era yeah and, and i was gonna say change is inevitable in right life, mm. right mm. but but for me my life has been constantly changing and i've gotten very comfortable with being uncomfortable because change is uncomfortable it's scary it can make you anxious but when you make peace yes. with the fact that most of life is out of your control you can plan and you can only control your direction. You're, you can't control exactly how everything else will play out. But when you make peace with the things you can't control, and change being one of them, yes. you kind of get comfortable with it because it's life. Right. You can't escape it. So if it's difficult to make certain changes knowing that all that you knew, where you were planted, how you saw things is behind you and will be changing. Yeah. I mean, even if somebody said, boy, next week, they have like 20 staff members. Everybody this week can't work because they are just like, boy, I wonder if it's me, you know? Yeah. You know, I don't want it to be my friend either. That's so true. it's kind of like, that's how life is. It, it's going to come. Right. And sometimes there's nothing you can do to prepare. It just, next week when you come, you're going to get the list. And then 20 people there, whether you like it or not, I'm going to go home. And if you're named upon it, whether you like it or not, you are one of them. And then what you going to do? The one thing you can't control again in that situation is you and your response to what happens. And I realize that most of life is our response yes. to what happens. And so we have to get into that space where no matter what happens, we know and can control our response to it. Yes. I hope that people are taking notes because you are giving some life-changing tips of how to accept change and how to prepare for it. You understand? For sure. I'm speaking from experience. That's why. Yeah, so this is the the whole reason for this podcast is to prepare people because I feel like sometimes, you know, they're lost and they need guidance in certain aspects of their lives. So I wanted to create this platform. So again, thank you for coming. And commendations for what you're doing with your team. I mean, this platform is necessary, (laughs) as I said, just like people are seeking to understand the Bible. People are trying to understand life. Yeah. And out of it, you know, you're giving them an opportunity to hear something that could change their life. And that is very commendable. Thank you. You know, I try sometimes. All right. So 
Determine the most important virtue or quality in your life that you strive the most to practice or emulate. The most important virtue in my life is a philosophy I live by and it's called persistence. Persistence. I believe in hard work, yeah. but I also believe in smart work. And sometimes when we're trying, most of the difference with hard work and smart work, hard work is you can run in and do it. Yeah. And you can keep going at it forever. With smart work, it requires a setup. You have to take some time to step back from the hard work and put certain things in place to make it work in a smart way. Sometimes when we're doing the setup for smart work, yeah. we fall off, follow through. The things that we should be doing, we don't do them. And we get caught up in hard work for the rest of our life. So my philosophy is persistence. I realize that nothing in life is achieved without discipline. And discipline requires persistence. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and to be able to keep at a task, yeah. knowing the end game, knowing why you started. And that's, that's the key. You know, why did you start this? Why did you start this podcast? Why did you start this idea? Why did you start this company? Why did you start this business? The why is what keeps you motivated yes. and helps you to stay persistent. So I believe I can do all things through Christ. It strengthens me, but he strengthens me to stay with the task. Yeah. So he, he's given me the strength, but to do what? So I believe in that. That's my one word for challenges and difficulties when it comes to, to life overall. I would say if it's summed up in a single virtue, it would be persistence because I have found that to be one of the qualities that wins in the end. The race is not for the swift, the battle for the strong, but for yeah. those who can endure or are persistent. Awesome. Alright, so in what area in your life do we need to be more truthful or practice higher level of integrity than you need to be? My commitment to my goals mm -hmm. include spending more time with my friends. When it comes to, there are seasons in my life, and then people find this weird, but it works really well for me. I will dedicate five years to self-development. Mm -hmm. I will study, ramp up on my scholastic school and whatever else, and then I'll dedicate another five years to giving back. So I will actually, at that time, be on the church choir, be involved with youth, be on the roadside doing projects, all of those things. And then the next five years, I've gone back into my head, business, gone back to ramping up on my career. I found that to work really well for me. But I found out that in the midst of both of those cycles where I'll be out giving and then in pouring in myself, because you have to self-invest, I've realized that there's a commitment I need to make more of time for my friends. Because in the midst of that, giving back to the community, spending time in the church and all of that, it's, it's really strangers, not my friends right. as much as yeah. the people who have been supportive to me in that way. And although I spend time with them, sometimes things happen in life to make you realize life is really short. And you have to let the people who matter to you uh, know that you, they matter to you. You gotta, you gotta stay in touch, you have to keep the link going. You have to make an effort to yes. visit and sit and talk. Right. And so for me, that's one area which I was a lot more transparent and committed yeah. for the sake of the friendships that I have because every one of my friends are quality people mm. and I, I know that they've contributed to my story in some small way and some large way yeah. in some others. So it's important to let them know that they are valuable to me, not to take that for granted. So I want to be more authentic in that area. I want to show up more for my friends. Although I do my best, I know that I know that it's something I have to prioritize in order for it to happen because if you don't prioritize things, they fall off. And that's something I've been thinking about more recently. It's funny you should ask. And I've been thinking about it more recently because I've recently realized that, I guess with the passing of my dad, he, he died this year, but yeah. it, it kind of put me in a zone of reflection on the brevity of life and how quickly things can change. And you really have to appreciate people that you have in your corner. Condolences to you and your family here. Thank you, Kim. Interestingly, it turned out to have been a really nice get together. You know, similar reason. You know, see family for so long. <laughs> and you guys get together. It's a sad time. Yeah. But we, we really made a good weekend up. And out of that weekend, we had a series of celebrations and good memories. So I look at it that way. Yeah. But thank you. You're welcome. All right. So if you were to go back, 
Five years. Five years with the knowledge you have now, you have five million dollars. And you could go back five years with the knowledge you have now, or are you staying in the present and investing? What are you going to do? Where is that five million dollars? In the past or in the present? It's, so you have it. Okay. You can go back in the past with it, do whatever you need to do to mm -hmm. better your life. Or you stay in the present and you do whatever you need to do to better yourself for the future. Would I have the knowledge I have now? Back mm. five years ago? No, you have it now when you're taking it back. <laughs> oh, okay. So I would stay in the present. Mm. Five years ago, I got a similar offer in real life. Uh, I won't say how much money, but I will say I was not wise in my use of the funds that was granted. And it would have helped to establish my business in a more meaningful way mm -hmm. than where I'm at today. Yeah. But life is, is learning. I either win or learn. So when I look at those scenarios, it helps me to be where I'm at now. Right. Yeah. And right now, if I got that $5 million, it would become 20. Wow. Just with the knowledge I've gained yeah. in the last five years. So I wouldn't give that up. I would definitely know a better use and how to grow that kind of money to another philosophy of, of mine is to make money while you sleep so whatever business i invest in or whatever ideas i try now for sure are things that make me money while i sleep and that would be the way that most of that money is invested now all right so let's just talk about it. passive income you mm -hmm. make what do you do so i believe in having multiple sources of income and I, I guess that you share, you share the same sentiment. Yeah, they can't see me not in my head, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, what other income outside of the software engineering and photography do you invest your time and money in? Well, I have to talk about photography a little bit more. Let's go into it then. Because when I, when I invest in a business, like I said, it is to make money while I sleep. Right, yes. So what most people will not know is when I start the photography, as they look even at the website, Photography by Huey, they will see a lot of landscape photography. Mm -hmm. And I did that because a lot of photographers in Jamaica aren't going that route. Right. But a lot of companies overseas look for pieces of the country in which you are yes. to feature on their site or their yeah, travel blog or whatever yeah and they buy these pieces while i sleep nice so that's an angle to photography that i use to actually i have successfully sold one of my photos which is now featured on the side of the jamaican hub in dubai hello <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that that would have been an impossible feat yeah. If I was just locked off to let me go to events and mm. run up and down and you know. yeah. So my angle with photography is being stock business commercial photography. Right. That's why you'll see those empty spaces, wonderful colors. I try to capture landscape in a way that people can utilize, yes. not just for the promotion of Jamaica, right. although they do, right. yeah. but for the promotion of their business overall. So that's passive for me. That's online that exists. I sell pieces while I'm sleeping. Mm. And I also have some of my pieces in the Things Jamaica store. Right here at the airport. Talk about right this. here at Devon House. I'm not present, mm. but people pick them up and I get a check. It's like, okay, this is so that is happening. Mm. You know, so that's also something else that happens yeah. while I'm not there. So wow. that's how photography passively works for me. Yes. There are other streams of income that I've tried across the years. I've not given up on any of them. I tell you about persistence, right? Yes. But some of them take a little bit longer. I have successfully ran three e-commerce businesses, one of them mostly on eBay, I should not say just one, probably three. Um, but I have made money there as well, and I've taken that money to help me with this business. Yes. I have also um, developed a few courses. The courses are new for me, uh, they're in photography, so it's still another spin-off of passive income. Right. You create a course, it sits online, people can buy that while you're away. Right. I have not marketed it yet, but it's in development at this point. So those are some of the passive business ideas. I mean, I won't tell you all of them. YouTube University exists if it you does. want to earn money, right? Yes. So I, I started small though. I didn't mm. start with e-commerce and photography. I started with fiber and fiber. Wow. 
Wow. And those were five dollars per hour kind of jobs. Yes. But it was nice to get three, four hundred US a week just from five dollars per job, yes. right? Market over life. Yes. But like I said, those those things add up. When you do when you do ten jobs for the same person, after a while, they'll start to pay you. $50 and $80, you find that you get like six jobs now and you get $300, you know. Those things happen after a while. I was like, this, this thing is real. There's nothing like earning US dollars while you're in Jamaica. There's nothing like earning foreign exchange when you're in the country, right? So yes. those things started me out and it kind of gave me a taste for what's possible while I'm sleeping. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I focus on that. If a new idea comes up, and somebody said, well, you have to attend these events, we had this seminar and do it. I'm no, that's that's not for me. Mm. Unless it's the setup for oh. smart work in right. the long run. I'll always go through the setup if I can see that in the long run, I don't have to be there. It runs itself. Okay. That's my if I had to take a business idea and run it through a kind of test, it has to pass that test for me. One, can I make money while I sleep? If not while I sleep, can I make money while I'm absent? And three, what is the long-term plan and vision? How scalable is it? Because, you know, starting this photography business, uh, if I had this idea that it was just going to be something that can only work in Jamaica, I wouldn't would have started. Right. I don't I don't think. Yes. I tell you, I think foreign exchange. Right, <laughs> so, so I, yes. I don't just start here with a mm. plan to be here. Yes. It is to take over the world. <laughs> I must say, I didn't even know this. You, as I said, I looked at your pictures and they are so nice. Nice is an understatement. Thank oh you. my oh god, this is nice. And then to come, you come here, you know, you share, and I must say, congratulations. I am very proud of you because I know you're from a long time, but I don't yeah. really know you. Know you. So, <laughs> it is funny, and I've known you for years since high school. But I don't know you because I never never sat and talked to you like that. But it's very good to hear that you're doing these amazing things. And I must say, just continue to be persistent. Right. Um, and thank you for sharing. So if any photographer out there would like to transition into landscape photography. Yeah, that's an avenue it. for sure. It's very good. Especially if, you, if you're into adventures and road trips. Because yes. I, I always like driving out and going to try and find. And I realize more people are doing that these days. Mm -hmm. I see Instagram filling up with a lot of the unique hidden falls. A lot of people never used to talk about Nanny Falls or Fallen Edge Falls or those places that nobody really I knows. Know but that. they're popping up on Instagram now as more people are exploring Jamaica and yeah. trying to show those hidden gems. They're not tourist spots. They're just well hidden or you have to take a hike to get there. But I love those things. So it's a nice combination to be able out in nature and to get something to take back. And where I, I spend most of my days, I, I come across a lot of foreign nationals. So they always say, okay, can I get a piece of Jamaica to take back with me? And that's actually what sparked the idea because they would want to find something unique mm -hmm. or something that reminds them of some unique experience mm -hmm. they had. Yeah. And Jamaica is beautiful. People wow. and the place. Jamaica is a beautiful place. It is. It, I, I don't even know. Where, where is the Nanny Falls on the edge? What is it? Oh, the edge is actually in St. Andrews. I love it. It's up by uh, Stony Hill Square. Uh, it's a community called Ben Don, I believe. I'm going to try Bowden. Bowden. Bowden yeah. Ben Don is, I know Ben, ben Don. Ben is in Spanish now, yes, right? right, yeah. So, Bowden, yes. Our Bowden is a community. So some people call it Bowden Falls or Fallen Edge. Oh, Fallen Edge. But yeah, it's up by it's up by Stone Hills. I think it's the it's the only known fall I know of in St. Andrew. Right. Maybe they have discovered some others now, but know. yeah. As I said, it's not that popular and yeah. those are the kind of things I try to feature. That's good. I, I I don't I have never heard of it before. Mind you. Sad to say, I don't really know Jamaica like that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm like a dragon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and even for you, Kim. It will help you to be like, where in Jamaica is that? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Get some exposure to Jamaica. Yes. So, you know, my work is already working. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was with some friends on, on Thursday 
And so honestly, and I'm so ashamed to say this, but I'm going to say it because it's not me alone. I did not know the capital of St. Andrew was Hanfordry. Okay. Don't judge me. No judgment. I didn't know. I knew like all of, all of the part. I never think knew. Kingston and St. Andrew are the same. No, so. I know Kingston and St. Andrew. I always say, why Kingston is the capital of Jamaica, Kingston is the capital of Kingston, and then Kingston is the capital of St. Andrew. Well, I made no sense. I don't know. it after three. <laughs> I. Not a shame. There is no shame in my game. But no just shame. Say, I researched it and I, I know all 14 parishes now and, and their capitals. Right? So Good stuff. Yes, hey. Oh God. I'm not ashamed as I said. I really am not. But you know, these things are very interesting. Mm. Because I I wanted to, you know, take a trip. I'm kind of explore Jamaica. Yeah, when I said I was going to start with the museum downtown, is it a museum or a gallery? I don't know. Right at the waterfalls? Oh, right, that one. Gallery, but there is a museum there. So I said I wanted to go there, so like start within the vicinity of where I live and then transition. I think I've been to all 14 parishes. Oh, you have? I have. Yeah, that's but, very good. For work purposes, so it's not like for pleasure, it's like for work, work purposes. Okay. Some of us maybe like drive through and stuff for like a five minutes mm-hmm. and then, but um, I think I want to do that before I even venture out into like Caribbean and overseas. I'm gonna start with Jamaica first because Jamaica, yeah. Jamaica is beautiful while people are missing out the country. Ugh. But Jamaica is beautiful. There are a lot of gems here, Tim. A lot, yes. a lot, a lot of gems. You'll find that you start that trip in one parish and it might take you two weeks to complete the 14 parishes because there's so many gems in each other parish. Right. Every single parish has some proper gems. I forgot that Ochi, Ochi is not a parish. Everybody forgot that St. Anne is the capital. And that St. Anne is the parish and St. Anne's Bay is the capital. As I know from, Ochi is like a, a tone, but it's popular. That's what happens That's when you're a tourist capital. Yeah. A lot of people believe Mobe is a parish. Right. Not St. James. But then, he, he's but not, then it's not bad because Mobe is the capital of St. James. Yes. While Ochi is not it's the not capital of St. James. at all. But it's so popular. But right. I knew that. So kudos to me again. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So let's go back and focus on you, <laughs> not you really. Okay. So all right. So if you were to go back again, let's go back ten years. Okay. What would you tell yourself ten years ago? That makes sense. Yeah, ten years ago, I would, I would tell myself to to be patient hmm. and to take it. Easy, and what I mean by that is one of the things I was very, very goal-oriented, very focused, I still am. But one of the things I've learned in the last 10 years is to learn to enjoy the journey. Mm. Some of the the things that happened leading up to my 30 years, I was just about get this goal, get that, get this. And what happens is you get it, but you can't remember the journey to get there. You never enjoy the experiences. You never really start to allow yourself to learn whatever you were to learn in certain seasons of life. Right. You were just rushing to get to the end of it. Yes. I don't want to be that place anymore. I don't want to finish. I want to finish school. I want this to you just trying to get everything to meet a certain timeline. No. And across the last 10 years, as much as I'm disciplined and consistent. I've really learned to enjoy the journey and to allow myself to smell the roses, as they would say, along the way. You can't tell a young person that still. True. <laughs> Everybody wants to just get wherever they're yeah, going tomorrow. And then adulthood just. And then adulthood just. Right. So just meet you in other places. Like, boxing. oh my God. And you just realize, <laughs> oh, you're a big, I don't know, you're a Russian, you reach. So I would slow them. Yeah. That's what I would do. Not on my goals, but like I said, on the journey, I would try to enjoy it a lot more you hear me talking about making time for my friends it's a part of enjoying the journey a lot more all right so we're going to have some fun now so i'm going to give you we weren't having fun all along we were we're (laughs) going to have a lot more fun now all right (laughs) 
I'm going to give you oh, here. Okay. All right. So this we, we're gonna it's our wording segment. Wording. Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna give you that word, right? All right. You're gonna try to pronounce it. I'm going to give you a sentence, and you try to guess the definition okay. of the word. All right. Okay. So you may go ahead. Lagoria. That's your final answer. Yes. Okay. That is so like it too easy. I've never seen this word as far as I can recall. I was writing it down my so you know, so this may be too easy. <laughs> but yeah, Lagoria. All That's right. what I would say. Lagoria. Nope. Lagoria is Lagaria. what she said. Lagoria. Yeah. yeah. I think it's our accent. Exactly. It That's is. It. It's probably an accent thing, but mm. I'm close. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So let's do the sentence. Make sure you're there. All right. So it says, Sean's Loveria can be off-putting to those who spend a lot of time with him. We often end up turning him out. My economy... Okay. So that's one. Yeah. So Sean's Loveria can be off-putting to those who spend a lot of time with him. We often end up turning him out. What do you think that means, Loveria? It sounds like it means to burp or belch. Why? I don't know. Because they said that sometimes they're not putting him out. Because he burped? Or belch. Or belch. It can be off-putting. I've met people like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's your final answer? Yeah, I guess. Okay. I don't know. No. What is it? So it is excessive or often incoherent talkativeness or wordiness. So somebody will love chat. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. And who loves to use big words unnecessarily? Yeah. Like lover, lover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here is the pen. I am going to okay. give you a word. Uh -huh. Okay. So the goal for this one, you're, I'm going to play the word and you're going to try to spell it and uh, give me the definition. All right. Go okay. Associant. Go again. Associant. It's insouciant. Insouciant. Associant. So that's the word. All right. All right, go ahead. Insouciant. Insouciant. Yeah, use that one there because her okay, accent. I N S U C C I E N T. No, it's I N S O U C I A N T. Yeah, I'm gonna give you. Insouciant. Anyways, yeah, insouciant. Go ahead. <laughs> what does it mean? Her points are marked by an insouciant sense of hope. Something she sees as a necessity in these times. Uh, I would say something implied or something that is uh, suggested, like a implied sentence or something that you could say intimated, not clearly told, but like the essence of whatever. So it has an essence of hope or an implied sense of hope or... You I know. understand what you mean, but no. No? Okay, so what does it <laughs> It's showing a casual lack of concern, like, and a similar word to insouciant would be nonchalant. So go again with the sentence. Oh, the sentence? Yeah. All right. So the sentence says, her points are marked by an insouciant sense of hope. So lack of hope, a lack of concern. She sees, she sees as a necessity in these times. Something she sees as a necessity in these times. I know that sentence does not make. I was about to say, if you're saying a casual lack of, like a negligent, uh, what's the word you said? In um, concern, lack of concern. Lack of concern, but you gave me a word that you said could also substitute. Oh, nonchalant. A nonchalant sense of hope. Have you ever heard of that? I've never heard of that. But okay, we'll, we'll go with it. I could never guess what that word comes to say. 
Alright, so um thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It, it was good. Yeah, very interesting game. Very interesting. Uh, okay, that game once a week I learned some. Right? Okay, your your mom would not be mad at you for that. You <laughs> tried. Okay, and we appreciate you trying. Yeah. Alrighty. So Definitely. And no problems. I've been play along. What one quality do you want people to think of when your name is mentioned? Uh, when my name is mentioned, I want people to think of of positivity. Mm. That my name should give them the idea that some it's positive, it's affirming, it's helpful. Something, whatever we're working on, can be done. Mm. I want people to have that. That's good. When my name is mentioned. Nice. All right. So, what could you do to ensure that this happens? But for the most part, I am a positive person and most of the people I speak with expect that all the time. Yeah. So if I want that to happen more, I could probably post on social media more. <laughs> um, and I also feel that it's important to stick with persons through the difficult times. Mm. I think it's important for them to know they have a friend nice. in me and to be able to that is stand with them when those times come. Yeah, so authentic and genuine people are so hard to find. For me, at least. I know they're out there, very rare gems. So when you meet them, you should just keep them and treat them nice. You know? I agree with that, Kim. So, yeah. <laughs> we are running out of authentic persons in this I world. Tell you, Jesus. And uh, when you do meet them, you really have to cherish them. Yes. Uh, I think honesty is becoming a lost art form. Alright, so identify a situation in your life where you felt most confident in which you felt like the very best person you could possibly be it was high school mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this was probably the beginning of my arts experience mm-hmm. i had entered into what they call the national transatlantic movement we're celebrating a hundred years of independence since slavery was abolished in Jamaica sometime back in high school. I can't remember why my sister brought this competition to me. I'm in high school. I don't necessarily care about those. Yeah. But when she brought it to me and she told me that they were looking for a logo design, mm. I entered the competition. Mm. This is in high school against people from Edna and all these different oh, things. And I actually placed Woo, and that. I got my trophy from nice. Prime Minister at the time, BJ Patterson. Nice. And it was just a moment when I felt like my authentic self mm. in a point where what I wanted to present was 100% designed by me and shared and I managed to win this competition where they had copious entries from different schools. And you were in high school. And I was in high school. Mm, right? and, and I was just, I felt very accepted and yes. most real to myself then because my family was never pushing arts. Mm. They were always go to school, do your accounts, do your math, do your sciences. Oh, I'm to the art. Nobody makes money in art. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't prove them wrong yet, right? No, but. you can. Because what you said, you're, you you have your <laughs> portraits yes. over True. So, True. yes. However, mm-hmm. It was that, that was the, the, the thing that made me be like, even if I'm not making money, just the recognition from my work yeah. was a moment when I felt my most authentic self. Oh, that is good. That was, Congratulations. That was a powerful memory. You're just a fullest of myself. I cannot wait to go. Thank you, <laughs> That is very good. Um, so, but let me ask you, what are we thinking? Traditional work, because I know parents tend to say, okay, you go to school, you go to college, you get a good job. Yep. I don't think people are pushing financial literacy to our children now. Because when I was growing up, I never knew about being an entrepreneur or I could start my own business at 16. Mm-hmm. What are your views on that? How should people bring this information to our children, especially in a world where People are doing their own thing. So what are you thinking? Starting a business is not for everybody. That's true. Mm-hmm. But just like English literature is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But everybody got exposed to it. Whether yeah. you liked it or not, that was up to you to apply yourself to yes. what you're learning. 
Yeah. So I believe kids should get the opportunity to be exposed to the aspects and ideas of starting a business. Yeah. From high school. Right. I used to do in high school we used to sell sweetie, right? Uh, <laughs> but I never have no fear for going home sometime. Yeah. And it was in that time that I began to realize uh, you can buy a pack of sweetie for hundred dollar and sell it and get three hundred dollar when you're done. And buy another pack of sweetie and have two hundred dollar for them. High school. High school. And it got the idea, got my brain thinking that if if I could manufacture sweetie, I could probably keep more money than the hundred dollar, right? Mm. So I believe that at high school it would be good to give them an internship, an opportunity yes. to study under people who are where they want to be right. or where they think they want to yeah. be. And I don't mean for months, even two weeks out of the school term, two weeks in each quarter okay so january come the last school just opened yeah first two weeks of january go with your intern go to your internship february march we talk about where you learn at the business right. while they were doing that yes you know that would be something i believe people would opt into to do it with a doctor if they want to be a doctor to do it with a nurse to do it with a pharmacist get an idea yeah and that could also put them on the path for working in the field and know if this is what they really want to do. Mm. Then outside of that, there are other things like investment. The ability to, to save is one thing, but investment is such an important part of financial literacy. A lot of people are good at saving. They'll save the $30,000 a year or as high schoolers and, you know, they'll do that and they build up a nice little $120, but guess $20,000 after four or five years, but guess what? That's gonna still be $120,000 after four or five years. No interest. You want to get to the point where you can make your one twenty to $1 million across five years. Yeah. But you have to know how to invest. That's true. And you have to have some guidance on that. Yeah. You have to know how to do research. You have to know what to look for when you're looking at balance sheets and equations yeah. related to the company. Because and children can easily learn these things, I mean, but somebody has to guide them. True. Somebody has to tell them what to look for. Somebody has to be like, this is what you look for in a balance sheet. Yeah. This is how you know if a company is doing well. This is what can tell you about the liquidity of that. That's the investment side of it. Yes. And just like that, where it comes to establishing a business, it would be good to give children opportunity to know people might look down on certain businesses. I don't look down on a tailor. I don't look down on a, a barbershop. You have to wear clothes. You have to get your haircut. No matter what level of life you're in, you have to show as your best. Yes. So from the person who do your hair to the makeup to the manicures to the massages, everybody's job and role is needed. But why be a massages, uh, a massage specialist or makeup specialist when you can own a business that employs people mm-hmm. and gets you money while you stay? Yes. <laughs> the passive income we're pushing that's very important. So I, I think it would be good to teach yeah. children how to make passive income mm-hmm. and employ others eventually yeah. so that we can because you don't really cross from poverty to riches and not own something. Mean, that's true. You can't you can you cannot really do it in a nine to five. You cannot. You can save ridiculously but also if you don't know to invest, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. You're gonna be that nine to five struggling. Maybe making it across that great divide in about 20, 30 years. You can cut that time in half if you know how to run a business, how to invest your money and how to help it to grow. What people achieve five years investing usually takes about 15 years saving. Wow. So investing just cuts your time in half. You have to learn how to do that. So let us give the, the children, you know, the young people, that is the advice about investing. Um, what are they supposed to look for in a company or an investment portfolio? What exactly should they look for? What should they take note of? So Kim, I, I'm not going to be personally yeah. able to say, follow right. my advice, not an investment advice. Understood. This is not investment Disclaimer. advice. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to tell you to go buy up stocks in a yeah. company right now. Mm-hmm. It just depends on your, your goals. Right. Your goals determine the vehicle that you use to get there. If you want to reach Portland by this evening at 6 o'clock, you could start walking, but it's not going to line up with your goals. Your goal is to get there at 6. Walking might not be the best vehicle. You could use a bicycle and get there at 6. But if your goal is to get there at 3, you might want to drive. So the vehicle you select 
depends on your goals. I can just simply say that as a starting point. Yes. Because if you're aiming to get to Portland at three, you need to get your parcel. So you need the car yes. or the van, right? So you'll probably go for something that builds interest faster, like stocks, like um, forks, like even trading mm-hmm. on the stock exchange, but you have to know what you're doing. Right. Can't tell you everything in that. That's but true. if you are going to get to Portland by six o'clock, you could ride a bicycle, right? Given the time from now, if you're fit. But again, there are things that matter. You have to yeah. fit, you have to have enough water, you have to. But you right. can do it. It can yes. be done. It's just that that goal is further off. Right. So a bicycle which is slower could get you there. Mm-hmm. So what is slower than, than what right. I said before? Bonds. You can buy government bonds, you can buy repos. Those are slower, but they will but get they you will there. Get you there right? They're actually more sure to get you there, like the bicycle. Not a burden. Car might burn down. Once you get up to the bicycle, it's all up to you. <laughs> right? So, so my point is, you have different vehicles depending on your goals. Yes. Now, if you don't care when you get to Portland, like if I get to Portland tomorrow, you can walk. Because the truth is, you don't care when you reach. You just know that Portland upon the list, you're going to get yeah, here yeah. one day. Yeah. So if it's walking, you can start to look at um, other longer term investments. Those things that they talk about mutual funds, hedge funds, those things that long term investment goals, you can go to a JMB or a Marita and tell them, hold this money for 10 years and give me the interest at the end of 10 years. So you did. Your goals determine the vehicle. Yes. So that's all I can say for that. Everything else, you have to research. And as I said, the University of YouTube. Very important. Really YouTube is a And I think, I think if anybody is listening and he wants a good starting point for me, one of the Twitter spaces that I listen to a lot, that has helped me on my own investment journey specifically, is Every Mikko. Every Mikko podcast. You can look for that. They have this thing called Brick Talk mm-hmm. on Friday nights. I don't listen on Friday nights. But I always put it on my reminder so I can listen to the replay over the weekend like, right. like I've been doing this weekend. Okay, that is good. Thank you for your insight. Sure. So it is researching, very important. And I think a lot of people, they they have this misconception that when you invest the money, it's, it's, it's a quick money. Mm-hmm. And then you, you don't invest with the emotions because you can see your money going down. And like, Jesus, no man, go come on, but can I manage? Right. So yeah so take these things into consideration and that's the reality of investing yeah you can the money can go positively it can go negatively mm-hmm. and if you can't if you have to know your style you have to know your own emotions yeah. and if you can't allow your emotions to overshadow your research research fundamentals and if the fundamentals are still the same you keep your emotions in check no matter what's going on yeah if the fundamentals are the same stick with your plan mm-hmm. it will work out nice. but in the everyday movements of the market yes you will see losses you will see gains <laughs> yes definitely and i should check out the jamaica stock exchange but like things that you know stock mm-hmm. that you want to purchase or and stocks that, is just one option it's like one option you know, yeah stocks so. and, and the forks are actually one option for like those times you need a quick vehicle but at the same time, there are longer-term options mm-hmm. depending on your investment style. Yeah. And none of us are licensed investors here, so Thank it's just a regular discussion. But at the same time, those are things that can help you to kind of figure out what kind of vehicle you need. And again, it ties into your goals. What's your goal? Why are you doing this? And by way of being, yeah. whatever the money is for. Mm-hmm. You know, investing you can't afford to lose. Facts. True. What unrealistic dream do you want to accomplish before you take your final vow? Oh, for me? Unrealistic dream? Yeah. I don't really have those. We don't have one. I dream big and I don't think it's impossible. Right. However, I will say that I would like to climb the Himalayas. The Himalayas. And I would like to have my own helicopter and jet someday. Don't see it as impossible. Don't see it as unrealistic. But just dream big. For me, owning my jet means owning the people who fly the jet and to be able to afford jet fuel and the rest of it. Yeah. So it's a certain level that comes with it. And but I know it'll feel impossible. 
but it's one of those things that I said as people and they're just like oh cool good luck with that and I don't mind so how do you take that feedback the reality is am I a dream right I know you're yeah. a dream that is my problem not for resolve it I'm here for solve it we have come to the end of our podcast so I just want to thank you Hugh for coming final question what words of inspiration or motivation can you give to our listeners to get them through the week well Kim sure firstly I'm, I'm really happy I came thanks for having me you're welcome uh, inspiration or motivation for the week I think I saw one of my my favorite quotes is from Zephyr and he says that consistency or discipline is like a shower it doesn't last very long and that's why you have to take one every day mm-hmm. I would say when it comes to our goals we have to be consistent and disciplined yes. and like a shower they don't really care how you feel. Your goals don't really care how you feel today. You have to show up today. Yeah. And showing up don't mean you have to give a hundred all the time, but you must act in a way that shows that you are committed okay. to whatever you're saying that you want to do. Actions speak louder than words. Hold yourself accountable or get somebody else to hold you accountable. If you said this is your goal, this is what you want to do, then you have to show up for that every day. Like a shower, it's required to do it every day because the motivation doesn't always last. That's what it was. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And that brings us to the end of the Unrealistic Box where we have realistic discussions about unrealistic dreams. I am your host, Kimberly Allen, and we'd like to thank Mr. Hugh Henry for coming through. You did such a wonderful job, and I must say, congratulations on all your accomplishments and we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Thank you for tuning into the Unreal Estate Box. I hope you were inspired and motivated to inspire and motivate someone else. Follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Hollower Productions. Be kind, spread love, and remember, live your own dreams.